Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Gridiron Blitz Podcast, your weekly source for women's American football, insights, game recaps, and NFL News Weekly. Subscribe on Apple and iHeart. Welcome to episode 448 of the Great Iron Blitz. Alongside Oscar Lopez, we'll have the backseat coach, Mark Simone, in the second hour as we break down everything international recaps from Europe, including results and upcoming games in Finland Maple League, Sweden Division One. We're going to talk a little bit of the Canadian uh, Week 5 as well in the WWCFL. On top of that, we're going to break down WNFC Week 8, Crucial games, San Diego Rebellion against Oregon. We had Utah versus Denver Bandits. Las Vegas Silver Stars versus the L.A. Legends. Uh, and then we're also going to break down the playoff bracket selection Monday, as yesterday, as the Denver Bandits make the playoffs over the Las Vegas Silver Stars. And we'll talk it over with Mark Simone in terms of the, you know, the stages there, in terms of what the WFRC and the coaches polls saw in terms of also strength of schedule and everything else that goes into play for the final rankings uh, for the postseason for the chase to the nine cup in Frisco in, De- in Texas. So who gets in, who was left out? We're going to dive into that in, in the second hour, as well as we're going to dive into the w, uh, WFA week six recap game of the week. Alabama taking down Tampa Bay Inferno. And it was the Women's Sports Network Game of the Week, as well as the St. Louis Slam uh, versus the Minnesota Vixen. We'll preview Week 7 Game of the Week matchup, which is one only on uh, FTF, and that's going to be uh, Houston Energy versus the Arlington Impact. So if you missed any of our podcasts, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can listen to over 400 episodes uh, right there on Apple Podcasts. You can also uh, subscribe to our Sprecher by iHeart, um, those are the two major platforms that will get us more visibility and bring more attention to women's tackle of football. So if you guys haven't subscribed, go ahead and subscribe now. Give us a five-star review. Share it with your friends. We're here every Tuesday uh, talking women's tackle football in North America, Europe, globally as well. And if you guys are inclined, visit our Zazzle shop. Zazzle's our uh, podcast sponsor. been sponsoring us for a long time. You can go to the No Joke Football Shop. Shop for some cool shirts, leggings, and gifts. Use the daily code there. Um, use our code, 15% off. That's Zazzle. Thanks. If there's a higher code, make sure you use that code and save big. So Zazzle.com forward slash Grid Iron Beauties. All right, guys, we're going to kick off right now uh, just what's happening at the Hub. A lot of interesting things at the Hub this week. And if you guys haven't gone there, make sure you guys head over there. Uh, one of the major things that happened at the Hub this, this, this coming week was the uh, Utah division in Utah. So the Ute Conference uh, will see a tackle, a girls' tackle football division that will include um, basically in Salt Lake City. So the conference youth football organization will add a new formation to the already deep U, uh, UC playbook. They're excited to announce the formation of an all-girls division for the upcoming season. And it was basically uh, spearheaded by, of course, Brent Gordon, co-founder of the Utah Girls Tackle Football League, which be aligning the, UT, uh, the Utah League's Tackle Football League with the UC football family. The Utah Girls Tackle Football League was the first 
all-girls tackle football league in the entire country. So we're looking at a under-14 division that would include grades 12, 13, and 14-year-old girls for the 2023 fall season in 14 areas of the Wasat front. The 2024 season will be expanding the girls' division to the same age groups offered in the uh, boys currently. Uh, they want every girl to have the opportunity to experience the tackle, tackle football. So the seasons will begin July 25th and conclude October 7th. All girls' coaches will be uh, background checked and certified. So there uh, is a formal uh, spearheaded movement there in terms of Utah. So congratulations to Utah for uh, including the uh, 12 to 13 and 14-year-olds in terms of a uh, formal division playoff format that most boys uh, sports have right now. And talking about the Utah Girls Football League, well, we had also playoffs. Um, Shutterskunk uh, had all the uh, amazing coverage. So if you go to the hub right there, you're going to see the amazing coverage of all the divisional playoffs, including the championship round and the champions as well, right there at the hub, facebook.com forward slash Korean Beauties. That was a great weekend in, in uh, Salt Lake City as well. And the girls had some uh, awesome, and we have uh, Shutterskunk as well, uh, one of the amazing uh, people that are keeping up with capturing those moments for parents and for them and the players themselves to view in the past as well. Uh, and, you know, Utah Girls Football League has been a, a kind of a, a great program for almost five years, almost six years now. So Chris Sacco will be here in a couple weeks. We are bringing her in so she can give us the lowdown of this exciting news that happened in Utah, as well as the, uh, you know, the season that just passed here for the Utah Girls Tackle Football League. So we cover it all. The best network on the planet, bar none, is us, and that is at the hub at facebook.com forward slash Korean Beauty. So check it out. Tell your friends. Share our posts. Uh, get us. Thank you, everybody, for uh, throwing us over 10K today. Today we are over 10K. I think uh, the last I checked it was 10K003. So we're almost uh, consistently at 10K. So thank you for everybody to throw in us over 10K strong uh, overall, 25K strong on all uh, major platforms. So uh, bringing attention and awareness to women's tackle football uh, globally. That is the network that we built over uh, almost 12 years now. So thank you to everybody that shares, contributes, and posts and uh, comments on our pages. So it really helps out with the algorithm. Uh, speaking of algorithms, um, the talented uh, Lois Cook of, you know, TikTok influencer, as well as IG, uh, as well as XFL, game day influencer. Uh, that young lady right there uh, created a hashtag on, on TikTok. Uh, initially, the, t the hashtag was only at, a one, uh, what, 1,000 or 1,500. Then it went to uh, six, 6 million. And now, uh, currently, as we stand today, 2023, I think it's over 62 million uh, you know, views in terms of that hashtag being used and being people being made aware of. So shout out to Lois Cook for doing her best part to bring attention to women's tackle football, not just for the WFA, but for the entire sport globally as well. So what, what an amazing honor, an amazing moment for her. I know she strives to do a really good job on all her platforms. And if you don't follow her, you can follow her on Cleats and Stiletto on IG, uh, follow her also on TikTok. Follow her on Facebook, Lewis Cook, as well on Facebook. You can also follow her on, on the weekly show, 
which is The Road to Canton with Brian Sweeney and uh, Alex Westad on The Road to Canton Weekly. So we usually post it right there at the Hub. So what a great moment for uh, Lois Cook and the entire uh, WFA family, including the DC Divas, but the overall to her for her uh, laboring and bringing attention. She's like big time on TikTok. I think she's got over a million followers probably on TikTok by now. Uh, not so much on the other platforms, but, you know, TikTok in itself has been a, a huge platform for her, and it's garnered a lot of attention for her and a lot of, uh, you know, uh, press, networking, and getting the word out in terms of women. So hashtag women's tackle football, uh, over 62 million on TikTok. So that's a, an, an amazing, amazing uh, feat. Uh, we're going to get the, the final rankings for week eight uh, that will be out here, I, I believe, Thursday. Dive into that in, in the second hour. But overall, Vegas did not get in, and the Denver Bandits are the number eight seed. They will have the opportunity once again to take on the Texas Elite Spartans for the WNFC uh, playoff berth in Salt Lake City coming up here on, I believe, June 8th. So we will dive into that and what the ramifications would be. So Denver uh, didn't fare too bad against Utah, but at the same time, uh, Texas is not Utah. So that's a, a hurdle that they got to kind of, you know, overcome. But we're going to see if they're able to do it, if they're able to come through and uh, make that happen. Uh, interested to see how that happens as well. Uh, and then we also have, you know, uh, a lot of the camps that came up. We had uh, Angelica Grayson and also Amber Mar- uh, Marcucci of the Cali War of the WFA and the WFA uh, Cali War. They were at the uh, Los Angeles Chargers uh, that hosted a girls football camp. And so a lot of the Cali girls, uh, Cali uh, War uh, players were right there. They partnered with, I believe it was USA Girls Women's Flag Football, which provides uh, the district with startup flag equipment for everybody. So uh, Angelica Grayson will be here in a couple weeks. We also invited her back to kind of give us a lowdown of what's happening in California there. Um, And so, you know, the journey still continues in terms of bringing attention to the sport. And then we had an article earlier today on the um, earlier today in terms of the NFL now full on board full NFL flag NFL girls uh, basically uh, on board to supplement the flag movement in terms of the girls so there's going to be a lot of changes happening uh, in a lot of districts in terms of nationwide districts how you know the flag strategic planning goes and talking about flag the NJC, uh, NJCAA championships were at the Mercedes-Benz this past weekend. You see all the excitement right there at the hub if you missed it. Uh, just the, the two rounds in terms of the college scene, in terms of the formal college scene for the national championships. So you get to watch it right there at the hub, facebook.com forward slash square beauties. Get the lowdown of everything that's happening in the sport. The best coverage of everything in the sport is provided by us by some of the amazing uh, people that we network with that we've had relationships over 12 years. And a shout-out to everybody that helps us out uh, sharing, posting, and bringing attention to the sport as it should be. Uh, we're going to dive into also in the second hour uh, to LaFi. we got LaFi Week 6, and the playoffs in Mexico are going to kick off as well. And so we'll, we'll kind of dive into a little bit of LaFi there. But we'll basically be in Sweden, Finland, Germany, and then we have two international competitions, or actually three international competitions this week as well. We have the State of Origin, Game 3, 
uh, New South Wales against Greater Queensland coming up here this weekend. Also this weekend, we have uh, the IFAB uh, silver medalist, Great Britain, uh, Great Britain taking on uh, Germany. And then we have Spain taking on Team Finland right here this weekend, the 27th and 28th of the IFAB uh, Europe, European Championships, 2023 and 2024. So a lot of women's tackle football to cover. We do the best in the business. And thank you to everybody that networks with us as well to bring everything that's happening in the sport to you uh, every week. So like I said before, if you want to uh, dive in, go to the hub at facebook.com forward slash square interviews. Over 10 drawing this week. So thanks to everybody to getting us over the top. 10K is a big deal, especially on Facebook in terms of algorithm, in terms of awareness, and in terms of bringing attention to women's tackle football. All right, guys. We're going to be talking to the talented LaWanda Renee Pearson. That is our guest today of the Pittsburgh Passion, and her team is in the hunt for the road to Canton, and she's going to be here, a free safety ball hog, and she's going to be talking about her journey and the WFA Pro Playoffs and the opportunity for Pittsburgh uh, to be like Franco, to try to get the Pittsburgh Passion into the, to the playoffs, uh, into the road to Canton to arrive in Canton for a national championship berth. So let's go into the Zazzle huddle. And as I said before, Zazzle is our sponsor. So go to Zazzle.com, Beauties, get everything you can right there, support the podcast, shop for some cool shirts, leggings, and gifts. Use the daily codes there. If you don't have a higher code than 15% off, you can use our code, 15% off, and that is Zazzle. Thanks. Uh, so Zazzle.com forward slash Queer Beauties. All right, let's dive into the huddle right now. We're going to be talking to the uh, beautiful and talented LaWanda Renee Pearson of the Pittsburgh Passion. LaWanda, are you on? Hello. Yeah, I'm How's morning. it going today? How's Good it going? Yourself. How are you? Good. I'm doing great. Thanks for making the time. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. I appreciate you asking me to do it and stuff. <laughs> well, uh, what do you think of the season so far in terms of your passion season? Um, I think it's been a great season so far. You know, we just played Boston two weeks ago. That was a little upset, but it was it was it gave us uh, a time to just like reset and realize what we need to work on. You know, we're going to have some ups and downs, but that made us be like, okay, we really have to figure out what we can do and how we can get better. Um, but we beat Detroit this past weekend. That was a good game. It was fun. And we're just trying to get better. LaWanda, so uh, I know your QB went down. You had a, your running back went down. Uh, what's the state I of know. the offense right mm-hmm. now? Is it next man up or next woman up, as they would say now? Uh, what's the state of the <laughs> offense for Pittsburgh? Yeah. Um, yeah, that was very devastating that had happened. It had made everyone definitely step up and realize, okay, we have to really and bring what we can to the table. Um, but we have Sissy George, you know, she was our QB last year. She's definitely stepped up for our past two games. Um, just trying to get readjusted back to the swing of things because Javez has took over. Um, it was definitely a loss with Maria as well. She's a great athlete. Um, but we have other, a lot of new rookies that are able to come in and just do what needs to be done. LaWanda, uh, you've played really good games uh, through the couple weeks here. You've uh, stepped up in terms of, you know, uh, getting uh, good good coverage on defense. Uh, the defense has played pretty decent all, all year. Uh, the schedule yeah. is tough, and that's always, mm-hmm. you know, sort of a benefit in a way when you're in, uh, towards the masses. 
Because if you have a weak schedule, that right. usually shuts it down. But if you get, if you're playing tough, right? Even if you're not winning those mm-hmm. tough games, and Boston, you you faced Boston many of times, and you probably already know, right. like everybody else says, they're built different, right? They're just a they they're just like two teams <laughs> in one. Yeah, they're definitely. It's like an yeah, army. They're definitely a different type of team. <laughs> So what do you think right now in terms of the East uh, battle? You guys, uh, you guys will get DC next, right? This you're on your home yes. home uh, home ground. Yes, we play them next weekend, um, June third, up in Slippery Rock. Where can the fans dive in to uh, get involved? And that's a big rivalry for you guys. Pittsburgh, DC, always a big rivalry. Yeah, it's definitely a big rivalry. Um, it's going to be a good game. I know they're going to try to come in and uh, really try to, you know, win, take over our home field, but we're just going to do what we can to do to execute and do what we did uh, our first game when we played them. And it was a tough tough battle, but you guys put up a 40-burger, and Chavez was playing so excellent ball, just unfortunate that I she know, went yeah. down at this point. I but know, she was playing really good yeah, ball. Definitely, yeah, it's definitely unfortunate that she went down. She's definitely a key player to our team. She's a great athlete all around. You can put her anywhere on side of the ball offense, defense, and she's going to execute. But she's been with us at practice and away games, just supporting us and letting us know that she got us. And we're just we're basically playing for her and any other player that's down right now. All right. I I, I don't know if I want to just go there, but are you expecting a uh, Kanji Algy ball come your way? I mean, that's probably going to happen <laughs> at some point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, I'm definitely I'm, – I'm, I'm expecting maybe two or three. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah, it's Amanda's probably listening I, I now. Like the... <laughs> you, you like that, right? I mean, that's that's your that's your forte uh, to try to you know. Yeah, that's try definitely to get, my forte. Uh, try to get a pick that ball, right? game. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely already had about. Well, I've had a pick every game this year so far. So uh, I have a goal in mind, but that's definitely the goal to get a pick each game. <laughs> Yeah, well, one of the one of the uh, messages that I got is to bring you on, and that's the reason I brought, I, I asked you to come on because everybody knew noticed that <laughs> that you're a ball hog. That and I've been a ball hog for almost every <laughs> game, so. I know I'm trying my best. I, I'm trying my best. It was a different type of thing for me last year. It was my rookie year. I was a little scared, just getting my feet my mm-hmm. feet wet. But this year, uh, I have a lot of more confidence inside of me when I step on the field. Um, I feel I had my teammates back when I step on the field, like my linebackers, um, my corners and everything. So I'm confident. Like, I got your back if, if it comes my way or I got that tackle or anything like that. Um, Lawanda, what, what is it going to be, this, this, this matchup coming up here at D.C.? Uh, a, a W would be huge for you guys. And then you, get, you guys get the monsters one more time before the season ends. So the big challenge yeah, I know. to get you kind of tuned up for the playoffs, right? So it's a, it's a pretty uh-huh. good matchup for week, the next week and the week after because it's going to test you guys' uh, offensively, in other words. It's definitely going to um, test us offensively. Um, but I'm actually at practice right now. I have stepped away. But we're just trying to execute, clean up what we what we can do from actually from Detroit game as well. Uh, we're always looking for, you know, Glover film and everything like that. But we're always looking forward to see how we can just win or what we need to clean up. But – I believe in my offense that we can we can do what needs to be done this game. I know Chavez played the first game, but I know Sissy George got it down pat. 
And she played outstanding last year, and she knows what Boston's all about. She pretty much knows what D.C. is mm-hmm. all about. Um, and then you had, I believe, through the last couple weeks, if I'm through the five weeks, uh, even though Maria went down, uh, you mm-hmm. still have her with some nice leg work. You got uh, uh, Sarah yes. Paladin, and you also have Ariel Smith. So there's, a, there's like a yeah, committee definitely. in terms of the backfield. So yeah, somebody's got to kind yeah. of shine. Yeah, someone's going to try to – I mean, no one can really, you know, take her place, but someone's going to definitely try to do what Maria does on the field. Uh, but Ari definitely has been a vet for a while, and she's going to try to do her best on the field. And whoever else is after her as running back, we believe in them that they got it. They can do it. They just got to believe in themselves. I've been very impressed uh, with uh, the th- the five weeks. You got Malarski and Meister right there in the mix. Mm-hmm. Uh, also have Amanda Hang. So there is a combination yeah, great, of receivers, great set, receivers, not just the run game. Mm-hmm. So you, you you have a balanced attack. So I I think uh, you know confidence in terms of if you're a, fa- a passion fan, uh, George is the the right quarterback to lead you. Yeah, she's definitely. There's nobody else. If it wasn't Tavez, no one else that I would want to uh, be our quarterback right now. Uh, we all play as a team. It's never about one person when we step on the field. Uh, we all know what we can bring. If you make a great play, that's great. But we got to do it again the next play and the next play after that. Um, but I definitely believe in everyone, every player that steps on that field, as uh, far as corners, uh, receivers, running backs, everyone's bringing something. And we're going to keep doing it. We play together as a family. Tell, talk about a little bit about your defense. Uh, you got Nita Meyer, which is a beast. You got Damon. You got yeah. Miller. We have. Uh, uh, you got Erica Moore. I mean, I can name off all Zubo. these all these uh, talented players. Uh, but you guys yeah. have been able to kind of hold down the ship here, even even against uh, uh, six points. I guess against Detroit, you guys held Tampa to six points. Uh, nobody uh-huh. holds uh, basically Boston. <laughs> So we'll take that away. But uh, <laughs> overall, you guys have been able to uh, buckle down to under under two touchdowns. So besides Boston, yeah. besides against Boston, so that's a good sign. Yeah, we actually. Yeah, it is. Uh, if I'm being honest, there's really no other defense that I would want to be a part of. Um, our defense defense is definitely really tough. Um, it was it was a great battle against Tampa. I believe that was like our best game rivalry type of game that we had this year so far. It was back to back, back to back, each play, each play, each play. Like third quarter, we was, we our defense was on the field most of the game. Um, I love having our first defense out there that I'm behind. I have no, no doubt in my mind that no one's crossing that line. No one's getting through. If someone's getting through, then I have Hannah Damon there or Caitlin Polinick cleaning that up for me. Yeah, I know. I'm impressed. I've been impressed with you guys since week one against uh, DC Divas. Mm-hmm. You saw yourself on film. Not in just not yourself, but everybody in there. I mean, you guys really buckle down and take opportunities yeah. when they come your way. And then, you know, yeah. uh, the talent, having the, you know, Chavez through the first uh, three weeks, you know, that they, they take mm-hmm. advantage of that. You know, when you give them the ball, they were really just right there, you know, in the red zone and executing. And so it was just yeah. an impressive three weeks to see you guys yeah, just my, um... completely work on it. Right. Um, our uh, DB uh, coaches was telling us, like, he was getting compliments from the crowd, like, oh, your DBs are, are shutting down. You have a great – you got some great DBs out there. Like, they're shutting down and everything like that. So we constantly get a lot of compliments for us, how we play. 
Um, and we just keep trying to do that each game and just get better. Yeah, I'm, I've been, like I said, I've been very impressed with you guys. Uh, if you guys look at your stat sheets, I mean, receiving core is really good. Uh, like I said, Malarski yeah. and Meister, really excellent. Um, you got Niedemeyer. Yeah, they've been playing for a while. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's a core there. Uh, what do you say about this season? Uh, I know, you know, your owner passed away. Uh, kind of means a lot to the community, not just to Steeler Nation, but obviously to passion fans as well for helping out women's right. tackle football and being an owner as well. So what can you say about uh, mm-hmm. Franco Harris? Yeah, um, so last year um, around, like, Christmas time, I actually that was my first time I've actually – well, like, my second time, but it was my first time, like, talking to him face-to-face that I got to meet Franco. Um, he was a great man. Um, he came to a few of our games. Um, great man, great soul. He always supported us. Um, we started the hashtag Be Like Franco. We've been having that banner around each game, having it up. Um, even our chant, our creed that we do, we talk about Franco each time. Uh, it was a pleasure that he was able to support women's football. He was one of the first to ever do that. Um, and everyone loves him. I know our head coach, Teresa Khan, she has a great relationship with him. Every time she talks about him, she gets emotional. Um, but he was a great man, and I'm happy I got to meet him last year before everything had happened. Your journey, was it softball journey, basketball? Where, where did you, Lawanda, where did you come from in terms of a sport or no sport at all? Because I've had conversations with players who are like, they've never played a sport before except for when they come to play football. <laughs> right, no. Uh, I've been playing sports all my life. I started in middle school. I played basketball. I played softball. I did track. I did soccer. I always wanted to be a part of a team, a group. I had like a, a a rough childhood growing up, so I always wanted to be included, have some people I can talk to, be a part of something, feel like I wanted to bring something to the table. So I always was a part of a team. And I seen about the Pixar Passion back in uh, 2017. So I actually tried out two times. And I just never committed, could never find a ride, could never like, all right, I'm going to actually do it. But then when it happened in 2019 with COVID, uh, I was like, all right, I'm going to actually do it. And then we couldn't play. You know, we was off the whole year. And then last year I mm-hmm. came back and I was like, oh, I'm going to actually do this. Like, I'm actually I'm actually really playing football right now, and I actually enjoy it. So, and it's, a, it's an escape place for me. And, you know, I'm a mother of three. So when I'm not being a mother, I'm out here hitting people. <laughs> so it's a de-stressor. And how how convenient that you're on the defense, huh? <laughs> to have a decent right. <laughs> Kids are yelling, mom, mom, mom. Okay, let me go to practice right now and not hear mom for a second and hear, ow. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's a balancing act, right, to try to maneuver yeah. the practices, family life, and you got to – it's kind of yeah, a balancing act. Yeah, and work act, but, uh, every day. So, yeah, I, yeah. yeah I, I've definitely been able to commit to it all this year and last year as well. I always make time for it. It's taking up a lot of my time, but – there's nothing else that I would rather be doing than playing football, if I'm being honest. There's some great girls on this team. I built some relationships with. Um, I built some relationships with the coaches. I called two of them my parents. They're married. <laughs> but I built a lot of great relationships, got to know everyone, got really close. They got to know who I am as a player and not just outside of football and everything else. All right. So what do we say this this uh, this uh, June 3rd? Uh, so for pa- people that are listening – uh, you're going to be at, at home. You guys get DC Divas. Crucial games for both mm-hmm. of you guys. Uh, this is literally a must-win 
in a lot of ways for DC. Uh, not you know for right. you guys as well, but for DC it means a lot more. So I'm assuming yeah. this is going to be a great matchup come come in because they don't want to be they don't want to lose from week one. It's kind of like an avenge, a revenge game from week one. Right, it's definitely a revenge game for them, and I I know they're going to come in and play their hearts out. Um, but we're going to execute again. Uh, this is we played them last year, we beat them, and then our first game we beat them. But I feel like we're going to go in and do what we do best play our passion game, and we're going to execute. I, there's no doubt in my mind that I feel like we can't do the same thing we did first game, even put even more parts in, even more points on the board than we did the first game. All right. Um, so anything else I, I can uh, did not ask you that maybe you need to disclose to your, uh, all the fans here on the podcast and then uh, obviously the passion fans showing up on the third. Uh, so to go to the website to get tickets, or how can they get on in the stands? Right. Um, so they can get uh, tickets online, I believe, in our um, Picks for Passion Instagram and our Picks for Passion Facebook page. They can get tickets on there. Um, they can actually inbox me, and I can even, on my Instagram, I can send them tickets. They can pay Venmo or anything like that. Um, there's also, we have a lot of sponsors out and stuff like that. We're selling tickets online, in the stores, and everything like that. But um, I appreciate you bringing me on here, talking to everyone. It's gonna. We appreciate everyone, even including every game that we've been to. Everyone's been talking about Franco, so we appreciate all the love that's coming with Franco and everyone supporting him. He deserves that. Um, even our Pittsburgh city has enjoyed all of this. Yeah, I know. It's a, he's a, not just an NFL legend, but you know, also a very legendary person, like you said, that's contributed to our sport to try to bring attention yeah, and definitely. get us on the Even map as well. Even overseas and everything like WFA. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's been in a, a journey. Uh, I know he's, he was definitely involved in, you know, in terms of the sport a lot. Um, your, your, your team, uh, Luanda, your team is literally a historic in terms of the scope of the sport. So it's, it's kind of when I talk to, like, a lot of players, you know, they're like, okay, it's D.C., Boston, you know, Pittsburgh, right? And because of your right. – because of of the the support that you guys have received there for a long time, you know, generations now, probably more than two generations, uh, this this okay. franchise means a lot, not just to the, the city of Pittsburgh, but it means a lot to the the sport as a whole. Right, it does, because um, everyone knows that Franco was involved with us a lot, and he he's our owner and everything like that. So all of that is very important far as supporting Franco and women's sports, you know, we have to put women's sports on the board, um, on the, on the board. You know, a lot of people doesn't even know about women's sports. I walk in the airport and I'm wearing a Pixar passion shirt and they're like, Oh, what's that? And then I tell them, I started showing them videos. I had it today. Ask me, what's wrong? I have bruises in my legs and stuff. They're like, what's going on with your knees? I was like, I play football. They have no clue. But then when I go more depth in there, they're like, Oh, for real. And they're like so surprised about it. But I just want everyone to support, women's sports and really just dig deep into it because this is going to really take off, I believe, in like the next few years. And well, I mean, you, you got, uh, you got some daughters or sons or what do you have? Yeah, I have, uh, I have two sons. Uh, they're nine and six. And then I have a daughter. She's two. Uh, their names are Logan, Liam and Lauren. And my son's doing well, football. So your li- <laughs> your little one, uh, more than likely she'll get that college at college uh, flag football scholarship, hopefully, because that's going to be available right. going yeah. forward. So yeah, it'll be she, normal. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. She got to come to my home game. She had so much fun. She was like, Mommy, Mommy. So that was the first time she ever got to see me play football and everything like that. She was crying for me. But, yeah, she's definitely going to be in pads or flag. <laughs> it's, a great, great, it's a great time, I think, in general for the introduction of flag. And now that the NFL is really backing it, it makes it more, mm-hmm. uh, you know, more great. And then nationwide, we're looking at high, the high school to the college level. So it's going to be more, uh, more exciting. Uh, we also, along the way, I don't know if you're aware of it, but along the way we're going to have uh, the AF, AFFL, which is basically uh, an American flag football league that is like the NFL where players are going to get paid probably in a year or two from now. So uh, it's going to be exciting oh, times. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, I didn't know that. There's actually a, a flag football team that we actually support. Uh, one of our players, she coaches uh, uh, a team, So Rock Middle School. She um, – coaches that team so we uh, they actually got to play at our halftime play a game against another school so we're actually trying to support black football as well is that lauren lauren ferguson is it uh, if i'm correct lauren yeah. thanks lauren right yeah 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 that's her yep. that's her yep she uh coaches mm-hmm. yeah lauren's a long time long time uh passion uh, a lot of a lot of yeah, uh, history there yeah she actually yeah, came no. back so, from our detroit game and i'm getting to know her yeah, no, she's awesome. She's awesome. But there's opportunities uh, abound that are coming up. It's going to be great. Uh, you know, the opportunity for young girls to go into high school and not just high school, but jump into college. So really, really awesome. Uh, Luanda, I don't know uh, anything yeah, else that yeah. I need to, uh, you know, disclose to the fans while I got you on, but it's going to be a great matchup, D.C., June 3rd. Then we got the, the monster yeah. that is the champions on June 10th as well, right? Um, so you got two matches yeah, coming up. Yeah, we're going to play Boston. That's going to be that's going to be a tough game, but I'm sure we can we can make this happen. I know they just played DC as well, and uh, they they scored a lot of points. <laughs> uh, but I'm sure we can just clean up what needs to be cleaned up and try our best when it comes to Boston. But we're going to focus on DC right now and do what needs to be done. And I'm gonna get my picks, and we're gonna make some tackles. <laughs> Oh no! I know. I'm expecting. I'm expecting a couple balls come your way. Like I said, uh, should be a fun, a fun matchup coming in at home. So uh, thanks for coming in. Yeah, they're a great team. Thanks for team. making the time out of your uh, busy schedule. Uh, I wish you well and safe health. Uh, injury free is the word. You want to stay injury free as yeah, much as possible. You. And so mm-hmm. we're looking forward to DC Divas against Pittsburgh Passion. And I believe that's going to be uh, – it's not going to be at the normal site, right? It's going to be in a different site. Yeah, no, my it's de- no, it's not going to be there. Yeah, it's going to be at that Slippery Rock University um, on that Saturday. Okay, um, Just for that game. Mm-hmm, just for that game. But the, when we play Boston, it will be at our normal spot at West Allegheny High School, 6 p.m. Okay, perfect. So and mm-hmm. anybody interested, go to PittsburghPassion.com. You get the details right there on tickets, locations. Uh, you get to see the talented – uh, LaWanda Pearson in action, live, front and center, along with uh, Alyssa George and the rest of the cast of the Pittsburgh Passion. So thanks for coming in. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I appreciate you bringing me on. Hopefully you tune in as well. And I get the picture looking for. <laughs> Thank you. Have a great night, okay? Safe travels. You too. Bye-bye. All right, guys. Uh, LaWanda uh, Renee Pearson of the Pittsburgh Passion. Uh, looking forward to this matchup coming up here in two weeks against the D.C. Divas. A must-win for D.C. so much more than Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh on a trajectory, only one loss in the season. They have the two two wins right now. Um, they're, it's, 
basically going to face D.C., and then they're going to face Boston. So Massey, ratings-wise, they're in the playoff hunt for the road to Canton in terms of getting into the playoffs. So it's going to be an exciting uh, moment for them. And like she said, uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, her quarterback went down. With, she was playing of such an amazing season uh, in terms of uh, the output, and that was uh, Marcelina Chavez. Uh, she was a, a 127 passing rating, uh, two, over 200 yards before she got injured, but she was putting up some really good numbers. Uh, Stat-wise, averaging about 16, uh, 16 yards throw there. So it was exciting. And then they had, you know, Maria Fatali as, as, as lethal as always, over 170 yards at the time before she got injured as well. She's averaging over eight carries, eight yards per carry. Um, so it, an exciting moment here for Pittsburgh. I mean, they got to step up. It's going to be Ariel Smith. Uh, more than likely, it's going to be Sarah Paladin. Uh, whoever's going to step up in terms of the running back committee, uh, they're going to have to really make uh, make that effort coming up against D.C. here in about a week. So it's going to be interesting to see how they fare against the D.C. Divas. Uh, D.C. Divas really, uh, at this point, um, in terms of the Massey rating, they get the benefit, of the benefit of the doubt because they're playing the toughest schedule probably in the, in the whole WFA. Uh, but they get they get uh, coming up here. They're coming off they're coming off an 84-25 defeat by the Boston Renegades. And so they are going to get uh, the next matchup here, and then they're going to get Detroit. So uh, if they win against Pittsburgh and Detroit, that will put them in a pretty good standing, even better for Massey's. But uh, overall, they're, uh, I believe, uh, one and one and three right now. So if they win the last two games, uh, even themselves up at, at 500. So it's going to be an interesting matchup in terms of how D.C. fares uh, how they'll fare uh, against Pittsburgh in uh, the June 3rd, and then um, what, how they finish the season as well. Um, if you guys haven't gone to the uh, hub, we got uh, the Week 7 Players of the Week in terms of the WNFC, the Players of the Week in terms of the Trench, Defensive and Offensive Players of the Week. Uh, we also had uh, on there uh, one, uh, one announcement, and I believe it's the International Bowl, it's going to be uh, WFA International setting up an international bowl, and that's going to be the teams of Mexico, Costa Rica, Canada, Colombia, and a U.S. team going to play 11s format and 8s format uh, in terms of the uh, with LaFi. Uh, so it's going to be, I believe, August of 2024. That was announced by uh, Liga Femenil de Football Americano Equipado LaFi. As, they, as, they, uh, as it mentions itself. So interesting to see that. Uh, Transatlantic tournament will be in the fall this year. So we'll, uh, we'll basically see another international action. But it, uh, the, the LaFay action is happening. Also, Lexfa, week six. Uh, the weekend games was week six this past weekend. So we'll get updates for you for uh, the week six matchups that came in. Raiders against Team Mexico. You had... Uh, who uh, says versus Witchers. Um, so an, an exciting matchup there. And then we got week five, everything that happened in week five in Lexfa, Mexico, right there at the hub, facebook.com forward slash Beauties. And you get the actual standings right there as well through week five. Uh, we'll check out week six as well. And then we'll go from there. But um, the Euro scene uh, championship is going to happen. Two big match, two big classes coming up here. Uh, this weekend, Great Britain versus Germany 
it will be Spain versus Finland, and over in uh, down under, it will be the state of origin third match, and that will be broadcast uh, once we get the link, and that is New South Wales taking on Queensland. Queensland already has won the two uh, introductory matchups. This is just a, it's a, a match of three. They've already won the state of origin. They're finishing up the third match just for the tournament itself. So interesting to see that. We also have the IFAB media coverage uh, in terms of the uh, preview for the uh, Finland versus Spain matchup. You get the preview right there uh, from the official website of the uh, Finnish Women's Gridiron uh, website right there in terms of the matchup as well. You get the rosters for the national team uh, in terms of the Great Britain national team versus Germany. And then Germany also announced their 45-man roster that will compete, of course, against Great Britain. So you get the matchup there as well. And then we had week three uh, action and photos. You get the uh, Cali War routing the, uh, the Arlington Impact 50-12 to 12 right there. And then all the action that happened in the Utah Girls Football League uh, Championship weekend. Shutter Skunk, like I said, uh, shout out to her for capturing all the moments in terms of the Utah Girls uh, football weekend and the championships as well. And then uh, you also had uh, the passing of Jim Brown uh, this past week, uh, legendary Cleveland Browns and legendary NFL legend Jim Brown passed away this past weekend. As, um, so, you know, prayers and condolences to his family. Um, and then, you know, uh, just a, an amazing athlete all the way around. Very historic athlete in terms of the uh, NFL allure as well. All right. Uh, and then the one championship that did happen this past weekend was Texas Valley Sports Championship. We also had uh, a nice tribute. We shared it from there from uh, Esther Delgado of the Texas Valley Sports of the uh, River City Warriors. Uh, they took on the uh, Alamo Lady Silverbacks. Uh, they were both, uh, you know, pretty even rivalries there throughout the season. So it was the uh, River City Warriors that came out on top, and they took care of business, and they win the Texas Valley Championship for 2023 as well. So you get the photos right there as well, some of the uh, action that happened in Texas Valley sports. You also get the week four uh, photos, a rematch of week one. So St. Louis Slam uh, invades the Twin Cities, and they leave the Twin Cities uh, so it was a really good uh, win for the Slam. We'll also have coverage as well of the events that happen in the NFL flag realm, and that was over at the Mercedes-Benz. Um, it was two champions. I believe it was the, um, I want to say the, the NCAA championship um, that happened. And then you had, uh, I'm sorry, not the NCAA, the NJCAA Invitational Champions uh, that was the trophy that was given to them as well. And then you also had the, uh, I believe, the, the national finals. And that was the, uh, I believe it's the first first down playbook national finals women's flag championship. And that was at the Mercedes-Benz in Atlanta. Uh, really, really awesome photos there of all the action that happened. It was uh, a women's flag finals competition. And you got it right there. Uh, we shared everything from NFL Flag, the official site there from Facebook. And you got to see all the day one events, day two events, 
and you also got to see the championship uh, finals as well. So really, really cool. And you get it all right there at the hub. Like I said, facebook.com forward slash square nine beauties. That is the place to be. You get the best network on the planet covering the sport. That is us. Um, so congratulations once again to the River City Warriors on winning the 2023 Texas Valley Sports Women's Championship, 41-32 against the Alamo Silverbacks. Uh, pretty pretty awesome uh, excitement there. And then the Florida Gateway College Athletics making history uh, as at Mercedes-Benz as they win the first ever NJCCAA Women's Flag Football Championship at Mercedes-Benz. So exciting moment in women's flag. The excitement's happening in women's flag. Um, so it's a, it's a huge, huge moment happening in women's flag right now as well. Uh, the WNFC scores this past week. A lot of blowouts happened this past weekend. Uh, we had the Prodigy taking care of business against Tennessee. You got Atlanta taking care of business against Florida. You had uh, the probably the best matchup out of the whole weekend was Utah against Denver in terms of you know scoring-wise. And then the, the big surprise was the L.A. Legends taking down the Las Vegas Silver Stars 8-6. to six. And that, I believe, was the for the Las Vegas Silver Stars because they were they should have won that game. They had opportunity to score. They had plenty of opportunities to do it. And their 3-3 three and three record doesn't reflect how good they are because they did not come through when they needed to come through. So you got a, you know, a lower-ranked seeding team, last game of the season, nothing to lose. They, uh, you know, basically, you know, held their home. And Las Vegas, in a must-road win, had to take take care of business. Where Denver went into you know into their matchup, they did put up almost 30 points on Utah. More scoring, more opportunity, tougher schedule, and that is probably the reason the WFRC and the coaches poll for the WNFC decided that Denver deserved the eight seed versus Las Vegas, who did not deserve the eight seed. So. It just goes to show every year in the WNFC, the last year was Washington Prodigy. The year before that, uh, you know, was an issue that way too. But it is a big factor to really come out and show out against the competition that you're supposed to beat. The competition you are supposed to beat is very important when it comes down to the rankings, and it's very important when it comes down to the tally of the rankings at the end of the season, including the coaches' poll which combines with the WFRC poll, gives you back the total breakdown. So uh, given the breakdown, given the points total, everything showed that Denver was the better offensive machine. They were the better schedule. They had the better schedule with the tougher competition. So that is where you as a, a team like Las Vegas, you got to go in every week understanding that you got to put points on the board in this league in order for you to register at the end a more opportunity or a better chance for you to get into the playoffs because that is the, the, the game. If you can't score points offensively in this league, you're not going to compete with the Texas elites. You're not going to keep up with the Atlanta Phoenixes. You're not going to put up and, and, and show out with the Mississippi Panthers. Got to be able to put points, even Utah. So you, if you're Las Vegas right now, you got to be sitting right now disappointed for sure, but you also got to be sitting there and going, 
an anemic offense is not going to get us into the playoffs, and you're not going to go far in the playoffs. So you've got to fix the anemic offense, and that is the key to get into the playoffs. You've got to be worthy enough to be in the playoffs, and if you're not, then you, you get ousted in terms of that. So it's a cut edge, two and four to three and three. Who is the better offensive uh, franchise? Who is the better offensive, you know, who had the strength of schedule? When you break it down, the strength of schedule was Denver. Denver had the better strength schedule. They had the better matchups. They had the more competitive games. And you will turn around and go, yo, Oscar, but we're only playing what's in front of us. Exactly. So whatever was in front of you, as a Vegas team, you should have ran the table. But given your trajectory for the season, you went to on the road knowing that you had to win that game, knowing that you got to score points to, be, to break into the playoffs, and you failed to score points. You scored six points, should have been blown out. And credit Los Angeles on defense for doing their part. Credit Los Angeles on defense for shutting down Las Vegas. Credit them for showing up on that day, on that game, because they had nothing to lose. They only were playing for pride. A big win to spoil somebody else's opportunities. And that's really what happened. It boils down to that. That's what it boils down to, unfortunately. And the the WFRC, that's that's what took into account. So let's uh, let's break it down even further. Let's go into the uh, the second hours. We're going to start here, but we're going to break down everything WFA and WNFC, and then we're going to break down the brackets as well. So let's bring in Mark Simone into this conversation since I've been already kind of going on it for five minutes. But Mark, if you're Vegas. I mean, it hurts, but at the same time, if you look at the, the body of work over six weeks, uh, offensively you weren't very you weren't putting much points. Uh, that's true, um, but you know I really kind of feel like it's more a matter of like you know what you did last is what they remember, right? And mm-hmm. you know the last thing Vegas did was like get upset by Los Angeles. Um, you know, certainly, you know, we can look back over the course of the season and we can kind of see that, you know, maybe Las Vegas didn't have as, you know, as good a season as maybe we were thinking or hoping they would have in terms of, um, you know, being a high scoring offense, you know, I think they were sort of lackluster. That could be said uh, of a lot of teams uh, in the WNFC, however, um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely just to go back to my original point, kind of feel like, you know, if, if they had won that game, even if it was just by a couple of points, they would probably be in the playoffs right now. I, I feel like, you know, the last thing you did kind of weighs a bit, you know, more heavy in, uh, the minds of most of the folks in the uh, rating com- com- committee. And, you know, when you compare that with what Denver did in their last game, yeah, they didn't win it. But, you know, they scored 29 points on the Utah Falcons, one of only two undefeated teams. And just like year in, year out, you know, one of the toughest competitors on the field. And, you know, that was Denver's highest scoring total of all year. So that's that's the sort of last piece of information that, um, people on the WFRC 
are using to, you know, weigh these these decisions that they have to make. And we're not using Massey ratings, Mark. So we're using basically tally points for every week, right? And points matter. In this league, points matter. So in Massey, not so much because it's kind of putting together like strength of schedule, more of a weight, more of a factor. Here, it's not so much that. But when you get down to the end, right, where it's just, okay, one or the other team, who played the better, you know, six weeks, right? Who scored the better opportunity, right? The opportunity was there where Denver did play the better matchups, not to discredit Vegas, but Vegas, the, offensively, they were, not, they were not playing very good. I mean, you beat Oregon, sure, that's fine. But the rest of the, the, the body of work for the last six weeks, there was a lot of offensive questions there. And to compete in the playoffs, you need offense. You know that, right? Mississippi, Texas Elite, Utah. If you're not going to score, if you're not going to put a point, you're going to match score for score, uh, yeah, that's, you're not even worthy to be in the playoffs. That's what I'm saying. It's like you've got to be worthy to go to the playoffs. Right, absolutely. I mean, I, I think there are definitely, you know, folks out there that that would debate that, you know, Las Vegas deserved to be in there. I kind of feel like every year there's that team that's on the bubble and, you know, certain people will remember, oh, you remember that year when, you know, this team probably should have been in the playoffs, and uh, but they didn't make it. And, you know, I've been saying about that about the Washington Prodigy for the previous two years. Um, and, you know, like other people have lamented the inclusion of certain teams that you felt like they shouldn't be there. This, I mean, this is part of the, all the fun really of following the sport. Um, so, you know, people will talk about, you know, this playoff race for, you know, years to come. Um, but I, I think if you're, you know, certainly if you are on the, you know, Las Vegas Silver Stars, you, you know, you just got to, I think, understand that, you know, if you had won that game, you know, you would probably yep. be in the playoffs. No, I mean, and that's what I'm saying. Going into Los Angeles, Mark, you got to have that mindset, right? This is it. This is, this is for all the marbles. You, you, you beat L.A., whatever it takes to beat L.A., but they, they came out flat. They, they really came out flat. And they played really not great offense. You know, I don't I don't know what happened there, but they didn't play very good offense. Mm-hmm. They had no Lopez. Yes. Yeah. They didn't put, they didn't put receivers in place. I mean, they they have receivers. They have talented receivers all the way around, and they just they didn't put a good game plan together. And so, if you're LA, Mark, we talked about it last last uh, on the last podcast. What did we say? Going to lose. This is going to be one That's of right. those pride wins as you go to 2024. Yeah, and you you know Los Angeles wanted it. I mean, anybody who watched that game could, you know, <laughs> I think could just sense that Los Angeles wanted it more, man. Um, you know, they really did sort of, you know, control control the game. It, it, it took the Silver Stars a long time to get finally get across that um, goal line. And... Um, you know, it looked like they had a chance at the end. You know, uh, Vegas had their chance to, to win that game. Um, but they, you know, what they didn't know what they needed to do to get it done. And that's the bottom line. You know, Los Angeles finishes the season with a, a W. 
and they're happy knowing that they, they kept their uh, kind of main rival out of the playoffs. And, um, you know, Las Vegas goes home um, a little bit earlier than they were hoping to. If you're Vegas, Mark, you got to be – you shouldn't be pissed off at WFRC. You should be pissed off at the Los Angeles Legends <laughs> for sabotaging their <laughs> playoff win. Yeah, I, right? <laughs> like, I, I agree with that. You know? You know, yeah, you're not you're not going to face the WFRC on the football field, but you do get to no. see the Los Angeles Legends again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's funny, but I, I mean, I, I, I feel for for Las Vegas, but at the same time, when you got away everything, uh, you know, Denver does have the better body of work, the more competitive schedule, and when it comes to strength of schedule, they did play the the, the better quality matchups. Um, Mark, Houston gets in. First-year team, pretty impressive. Absolutely, absolutely. That was a very successful year, uh, regular season for the Mambas. And, you know, at the beginning of the season, we just really didn't really know what to expect. We had a little inside information uh, by having Holly Custis, our Hall of Famer, um, on the coaching staff. So to get, like, some kind of inside report. And we were definitely hopeful that they would – um, be competitive, and they were. Uh, I think they, you know, that team de- delivered on, um, you know, whatever, you know, promise was was made when they entered the league, right? Um, and that would be to field a competitive team, and they did just that. They got some impressive victories, um, particularly in the first week of the season, and. Um, you know, they're rewarded with a, a playoff berth. I mean, they, they played tough, Mark. All, all, all season they played tough. They played the Spartans. They played Mississippi. Uh, what did they – yeah, they played Spartans, Mississippi, and Denver. That was literally the first four weeks of their existence. <laughs> so right. if you're Vegas, that's right. you shouldn't be complaining about anything right now because if that was your schedule, oh, that would have been brutal. <laughs> it would have been brutal to face. It's true. And, you know, the Mambas also uh, took on the Kansas City Glory and, mm-hmm. um, you know, beat them and, you know, for all intents and purposes, kind of knocked them out of the playoff race. Um, I think that was the Glories. I'm not sure if that was their last game of the season. Just double check yeah, that. Was I believe it? it was. Yep. Um, it, it was the next to the last game of the season. Uh, they yep. they had the Texas Elite Spartans in their last game of the season, but uh, yep. by that by that point, I think they were already pretty much out of the out of the running for a playoff spot. So, but to your point, Oscar, they had a, they had a good schedule, a tough schedule. I mean, you know, I don't know, <laughs> you know, when you play te- the Texas Elite Spartans twice that you know your excitement to to play them is kind of tempered with you know an understanding that they are the best in the league and you might not fare very well in, in those games but for you know what it was i i think that was a good experience for the mambas and have you know made them a better team at the end of the season than they were at the beginning of the season so uh heading into the playoffs i i really think their schedule gave them well, um, a lot of experience and um, things to work with as as they move forward and you know try and win their first playoff game in their team history. 
Uh, Mark, they had uh, 41. They got they got whopped 41 to seven the first game, but they did come back and hold uh, Texas to 28, even though they got shut out. So that's pretty. That's right. Pretty improvement. Though. Yeah, I think that's pretty good. And to my recollection, I, I think a couple of um, a couple of the Mamba's starters were not in attendance at that second mm-hmm. uh, game with the Spartans. So um, that might account for. Um, might account for the shutout, um, but as you say, you know the the point differential was a lot better in that second game, so definitely improved. If you're Tagaloa, D. Scott, uh, at this point, you're, you know, you got to look forward to what Mississippi at this point, first round. So, you know, they played pretty good. Uh, twenty, I think, thirty-two to twenty was their their last matchup. So it wasn't like it was. You know, non-competitive. This was pretty competitive. So if you're Houston, you got a shot, right? I, I agree with that. Um, I, you know, obviously Mississippi has been playing uh, some some good football and some tough football, and you know, they've definitely earned you know their playoff berth and their position in in the, in the bracket. Um, but I think Houston, if you're Houston and you're looking uh, you know, back at that game, you know, it was it was one that was very, very much in contention for for much of the game. You know, uh, Mississippi didn't really, you know, pull away that later. So I, I, you know, if you're Houston, I think you're thinking that you have a you have a chance if you you know game plan and execute, um, you know, do all the fundamentals. Um, Always, you know, just just be good with your assignment, reading your keys, and trusting your coaching and trusting each other. Like, you know, you can you could take this game, but it's going to be a tough game. There's no doubt about it. So, Mark, Coach Soho would not commit to taking down the monster. If it happens, she will meet the monster. <laughs> if it goes the right way for her, they won't get right. To the that monster. would be something, right? But, Right, because it's on the other side of bracket, and you're like, uh, they've already done it, you know, more than once. Uh, they've faced them twice already. So, if if somehow we get the upset here, uh, I don't think Gore and company are going to allow that. But you know, I mean, if somehow we do get the upset here, uh, four beats one, uh, they're going to face Atlanta or Washington, and so you know, they probably have a shot too. So, uh, so it's right. a, you know, on the East Coast, kind of a toss up in a lot of ways. Right. Um, I am. Yeah. I mean, to, I, I think I, I feel a little bit disappointed kind of um, how the bracket has worked out. And, you know, I mean, it's exciting to see a rematch between Houston and uh, Mississippi. Um, but I, you know, I, I might've enjoyed seeing, you know, Houston play say, you know, Atlanta, you know, in that first round or um, mm-hmm. anyways, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda. Um, I am excited to see this matchup, and you know the playoffs. It's it's you got to win one to to go to the next. So who knows what the next matchup will will be? Uh, Mark, if you're Washington, you griped about not getting in the last year, right? You're in now. Is, is this a must win? I mean, you got to take down the Phoenix. Otherwise, people are not going to feel sorry for you. <laughs> like you're not worthy. <laughs> No matter how much stock you got, it's like put up or shut up, basically. 
Right. Um, uh, is it a must win? I mean, yeah, I guess so. It's the playoffs, and if you don't win, you're out. So, yep. um, but you know, I, I think in terms of proving their their worthiness, I'm not really that worried. I'm not worried if if, if Washington does not beat Atlanta. I, I you know I wouldn't feel any differently about you know um, their status as being a you know one you know a, a contender and um, you know someone deserving of a playoff spot. Well, I'm just saying because on the East Coast, those two teams didn't have did not have a very tough schedule. You know what I mean in terms of competition because both of the both of those teams, besides uh, Mississippi, right, being one of the matchups that they faced, both of those teams really did not have a competitive schedule. They were they faced basically low ranked 11 to 16 ranked teams. So for them, right, uh, this is a rivalry game. I think for Washington, it's a statement game. Can they take down, you know, the Atlanta Phoenix when it when it matters most, which is now the playoffs? It's not regular season rivalry. It's, this is a playoff game. Right, right. I hear what you're saying. You know, um, uh, teams like, you know, the Florida Avengers, Philly, uh, and Tennessee Trojans appear a lot on both of these teams' schedules. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, to your point, they're not as competitive as your Mississippi Panther type. So yeah, I definitely hear, I definitely hear what you're saying. This is definitely the opportunity, the best opportunity that Washington has, has had to, you know, make, make, make a statement. Um, there's no doubt about it. I mean, these are definitely the two top teams in um, the Atlantic conference and, I, I, you know, in just looking back a couple of weeks ago when these two teams faced each other, um, you know, it was a sick, it was, um, it was a fairly competitive game. The score is 20 to six in favor of Atlanta, but I just don't know. Um, I don't know really if I should expect the same thing in this game. Do you know what I mean, Oscar? It's yeah. like, I'm not sure yeah, if yeah. that was a representative game of these two teams or not. Um, yeah. You have to take you have to take it at face value, right? Atlanta is now a higher seed, and um, you know definitely, um, you know are 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 in a in a position of strength, and you know so we give them the edge, I think. But I just I just get this gut feeling that we're not going to see that same get, game over again. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, and my my incl- uh, inclination is that you got two teams with two weak schedules, right, with really good records, but it's like, is Ashley Clark and Jasmine Ballard, are we going to get the Ballard show that we got in the first couple weeks of the season, right? Yeah. Up against Atlanta's tough defense, and if you're Atlanta, you know, are we going to step up on both sides of the uh, of of the field? Because, like you said, there was, that was a pretty competitive matchup. A couple, a couple of plays goes uh, Washington's way, and we, we, we have a closer matchup. So very important here. If you're Atlanta, Mark, if you don't win this, you get ousted, that's pretty disappointing because you, the whole season you're like, we're 5-1. and one. But are you really 5-1? and Because that's going to be the question right. if you get ousted. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely hear what you're saying. Um, you know, and 
you know, from time to time throughout the season, we've seen on social media and, and whatnot, some moments of bravado, if you will, from uh, the Atlanta Phoenix players. Uh, I won't name any names, but um, they're definitely a very confident team and um, express their confidence with conviction. And I, I do feel that if they were to lose this game, it would be, it would it would be kind of damaging to their reputation, you know. In this in this situation, Washington is the the team can that can only gain, right? And in a way, you know, if, it, if you know the Atlanta Phoenix can only lose reputation if they if they lose that match or uh, you know maybe don't win it in a in a uh, decisive fashion. Uh, Mark, to your point earlier with L.A. versus Vegas, this is L.A. versus Vegas. Washington has mm. nothing to lose. They're coming in here. Atlanta seems to be the top dog, right? <laughs> Atlanta's the Vegas. If they yep. get taken down, more yep. detriment, bad season, disappointing season, where Washington, we just got elevated to another level if they win. It's like another right. level. Right. And, you know, I mean, if you're Atlanta, your aspirations do not, you know, do not end at winning this game, right? They want to go to the star. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so, I mean, this is it. This is their season. This is their opportunity to, to make that happen. Okay. Because, you know, Utah and Dallas are going, you know, are likely to face each other. If, 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 if they win out, they're going to face each other before getting to the championship. So the door is open here for Atlanta to, to get to the final. They, they can't slip up, you know. Mark, who's going to get Atlanta over the top over Washington? Is it going to be Brown or are we going to go back to the veteran, Renee Langelis? I mean, that they've, they've had a, quarterback deal both have very good passing ratings so i have to give them you know offensively they're good that's what i'm saying uh, in terms of the quarterback uh realm of things so that that's a plus um so you know it's an opportunity here for atlanta to really shine they've already seen what mississippi looks like more than likely they will face mississippi if they get past this round and that's going to be mm-hmm. a rematch and can they get mm-hmm. can they bring down goring company that will be the question yeah of course you know he's been Mississippi has to be played first, but, you know, the matchups, the future matchup for us would be, yeah, if Atlanta wins against Washington, more than likely Mississippi is going to take down Houston. We have a rematch here, a real rematch uh, in terms of, uh, of a playoff situation. And can Brown or are they going to go with the veteran? Right. Um, you know, it's hard, you know, sitting back in my armchair to – you know, maybe speculate on that. I mean, I would go, but, you know, I would go, I think, with the more experienced, um, uh, you know, person. It, to have a practiced hand is, is, I think, really big in the playoffs. But to know that you have another capable, you know, uh, signal caller, uh, is uh, that's such a great luxury. So, you know, I, I would kind of you know, keep along in my back pocket and just kind of mm-hmm. roll mm-hmm. around. Um, and, but, you know, in my game planning, you know, I might, I might plan out a few, uh, a few options, right. Under center. 
if you want to move on to the next round, uh, you got a double threat is going to be your option. You have that option. So they, you know, they were able mm-hmm. to do that as well. So uh, if you're Washington, you're listening to us, you got in the dance, show us something, right, Mark? You got to show us something. You got in the dance, you're in the dance. No better way than to take down the five and one Atlanta Phoenix, your rival in in the yep. in, in the playoffs. That's a that's, a, that's the goal. You know, that's avenge that loss. Yeah, avenge mm-hmm. the loss you took in the regular season. And if you do, you might be able to have the chance to avenge your other loss in the regular season if if you face the Panthers. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, maybe they should you know hashtag hashtag payback, right? Is it payback there you time? Go. If you guys are listening, Prodigy, there it is. Hashtag payback. That's awesome, Mark. <laughs> really good. <laughs> really good. All right. Uh, Mark, on the other side, um, sort of like your team on the East Coast, uh doesn't seem like Denver will be up to par. I I wish them well, Terry included. <laughs> Can mm-hmm. they make a game? Yeah, I mean. That's the question. Yeah, that's a tough matchup, but, you know, at least they've seen them before. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they have so two have weeks that. to plan? <laughs> two that's weeks right. to plan. <laughs> you know, hey, man, come up with any – put any positive spin on it as you can because, you know, because uh, the task is, is, you know, Herculean. and um, But, hey, man, you know – you made it to you made it to the playoffs. You you don't you know you don't have you know you have only only you can only gain you know um, you you just kind of got in by the skin of your teeth by the quality of play that you had in the last week. So you know try and try and keep some momentum going. You know particularly you know with the offensive production. Um, it was it was great to see. You know the bender, the the bandits put up, um, you know, twenty nine points. Um, it would have been looks better if it was just that one more point. Thirty looks, you know, thirty burger looks so much better than twenty nine. But you know, and it was against the Falcons, so they should be operating with some, you know, some confidence and you know, an upbeat attitude, um, despite the fact that you know they're going to face the grinding machine that is the Texas Spartans. Mark, if you look at the Denver last three weeks, okay, this they've been playing playoff playoff football for the last three weeks. Mississippi, Texas Elite, mm-hmm. Utah. So they've been in the playoff round already. It's like hey, welcome to the playoffs. That was like right. April twenty ninth. April twenty ninth yeah, right. was your playoff introduction. Yeah, so you know, I I guess they're as ready for the playoffs as as you know more than lots of other teams, right? Yeah, got all I mean, that, if you think uh, if, if you just look at it that way, right? If you look at their their schedule the last three weeks, we're they've been in the nine cup chase for the last three weeks against <laughs> That's number right. one ranked East Coast, number one ranked West Coast, number two ranked West Coast. So they've already been yep. battle tested at this point. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Do you think that WFRC took that into account? Of course, right? <laughs> That's a, you got to take it into account. They've already faced number one seed 
on both sides of the coast and the number two seed. And they put up oh, yeah. 30 points on the number two seed. They put up a score against uh, the number one seed on the West Coast. And they put up, what, almost a double-digit 20 points against the number one seed on the East Coast. So credit Denver, you know, for staying competitive. Besides the Texas mm-hmm. matchup, they were pretty competitive yep. against Mississippi, and they're very competitive against Utah. Yep. I, you know, I think I, – I mean, I don't say that – you know, Denver has had a very tough season, I think. Uh, not mm-hmm. not just, like, against the teams that they've played, but I think within the perception of, um, I don't know, the, the fans out there, uh, people like you and I, um, and – you know, maybe people on on uh, WFRC too, uh, just simply because they it was a bit of a shocker that they lost their their first game this season against uh, the Mambas. I mean, as it turned out, the Mambas are a pretty good team. Um, so, you know, but I think everybody's a bit surprised that you know they lost that first game to the Mambas and they didn't you know they didn't score a single point by having you know like an a new, you know, offensive coordinator, and um, and then their next game they play was Seattle, who wasn't very competitive and wasn't, you know, uh, you know, it's just not an upper tier team. They won twelve nothing, you know, yeah, shut them out. So that's the defense, you know, type of defense that we expect from from Denver. But you know, twelve points against Seattle was kind of underwhelming. Um, that game against Kansas City, uh, which, you know, went, went to overtime, that was a hell of a game. I mean, that was a crazy game, like zero to yep. zero. Like, <laughs> nuts, absolutely nuts. So, you know, I, I think people were impressed that, you know, Denver eventually pulled that one out. Um, at the same time, like, the lack of scoring was um, – you know, kept that thing in people's head. Like Denver just struggles to score points, right? That's the ra- that's kind mm-hmm. of the bad rap on them, and they just kind of dogged them. Like, and that's how they started their season before they went into the meat grinder against Mississippi, Texas, and Utah, right? I, I think, you know, in light of all that, it's it's um, you know, I don't want to say lucky, but you know, Denver is like like fortunate to to have have made the playoffs despite like this perception perception problem. But to your point, when you look at their schedule and I'm a big, you know, a big fan, if you will, of strength of schedule, um, you know, it's definitely all there, right? They definitely don't mm-hmm. belong in the playoffs in in my opinion, um based on what's here. But uh, you know, it was looking very dodgy in that last week. Um, it looked like Vegas was going to get in, and they probably would have they, if they had won their game against Los Angeles. But, uh, you know, for me, in the way that I just, in my own mind, evaluate the strength of football teams, I definitely feel like Denver um, belongs in the playoffs. No, they deserve to be here. Like I said, they've been, they've been in the playoffs for the last three weeks. <laughs> it's like been a yeah. playoff round for the last Absolutely. three weeks. It's like do or die, right? Mississippi, Texas, Utah. And, oh, by the way, can you go and get Texas one more time? Because we really love you. Right. That's literally their schedule. (laughs) Right? Uh, I think, you know, Terry would say we don't get them twice, but technically, Terry, you did get your wish. 
you get them twice. That's right. And now you get them <laughs> in the biggest stage. You know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. It's crazy how it works out. That's funny stuff. That's funny stuff. Right? So, I mean, if you're, yep. if you're Coach Terry Lister and you're the offensive mindset in, in Denver, um, if you're Ca- uh, Cassie Cubis, you're Gra- uh, you know, Grace Cooper, right? If you're the offense of this Denver project right now, you have one, one goal in mind, and that would be what, Mark? To take down the big dog in round one. Mm-hmm. Can you do it is the question. You would have to play your best game, and you know, no drop balls would be the case, right? You're mm-hmm. gonna have to play flawless football for four quarters, like you've never played before against Bushman and company, because you're gonna have to do it. Yep. In order for Absolutely. even to have a you know a chance to to even you know make an upset, so you got yep. two weeks to plan for the Texas Lee Spartans. Can it happen, Mark? I mean, I would say the coaches. You got to get pizza now. You got to get all the coaches to go through film, and you got to put up a really nice plan that every drive you got to score because they score almost every drive. Your goal is to score every right. drive. Can it happen? Right. I well, I don't think that can happen. But I, you know, I do think this Den- this Denver defense could find a way to at least slow uh, Texas down a, just a little bit. If they can slow them down a little bit, that would just keep that door ajar, right? Um, mm-hmm. For good things to happen. I mean, I I, I think that uh, Denver's passing game will have to find a way to go off, like. Uh, you know, Cubis and McIsaac are going to have to find a way to go off. Um, and, you know, from um, from what I see, you know, offensively, you know, offensive production from the Bandits just isn't going to be enough. Uh, they really have to do something in really all three phases of that game. Obviously, on special teams, they want to contain, you know, contain when they're kicking the ball off and, you know, maybe try and steal a, uh, a touchdown on special teams um, when they're receiving the ball. Uh, and the defense, is, they're going to have to find a way to slow Texas down. I, I mean, that's it. You know, if you've got a great offense and you want to, you think you want to try and out, you know, outrun, you know, the, the gold medal sprinter, like go ahead. But, if you can find a way to slow them down, that's just going to increase your chances. So I would definitely be spending a lot of time on, on getting a, a good defensive game plan going on. Well, my worry is this. They're not going to use the benefits. Okay. So against, against Texas, Mark, we know you have to keep them off guard. You got three, outstanding running backs you got cooper romero and son you got to use the boston playbook right mata kusinen right you gotta mm-hmm. you gotta use it you gotta start shifting the running backs because they're not going to know you know what the running backs are going to do but it puts pressure on mcisaac mcginnis right washington lawson murphy uh they mm-hmm. gotta come to play they've been disappointing yes I mean, Cubis has been able to throw the balls. She's been able to put the mm-hmm. balls when he needs to go, but 
the receivers have just not been able to hold on to the balls and I've been able to make execution. So uh, if your offense right now, this Denver offense, uh, all those names that I mentioned, you're on, you're on the clock, as they say. Your, your game has to go to another level. And as the league hashtag would say, Mark, step up your game. That's what you got to do. Right. The Spartans. You got to step up your game. You don't have to play the best game of your career to have even a chance to try to take down the champs. Right, right. And, you know, we'll see if Denver is up to the task. I mean, in, mm-hmm. you know, against Utah last week, they, there was, you know, some pretty good offensive performances um, mm-hmm. by the Bandits. Cubis, you know, was almost 300 yards throwing. They did throw a lot, like 46 uh, attempts. And, mm-hmm. you know, they their, uh, her completion percentage was under 50. So, I mean, not the best, but, the, I mean, the result was three touchdowns, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And that, that's a lot of yards. And uh, Wendy's son uh, toted the rock for an average of 6.4 uh, yards per carry and a touchdown. Uh, you know they need to they need a repeat performance of what they you know they did uh, in Utah, and you know without some of the the things that did go wrong. You know, Cubis threw three interceptions, and like I mm-hmm. said, you know completion percentage was low. So. Um, there were probably a number of drops, just a lot of incompletions. Uh, you know, the more obviously, the more you can complete the passes, you know, the more success you're going to find. Um, and so, you know, maybe they're trending of 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 better offensive output, and um, they're going to need it against Texas. That's for sure. So the the question is, why don't you talking about uh, the elites? Because we don't need to talk about the elite. They've already shown right. us what they're all about. <laughs> I'm like, we, we we already know what Maria Jackson's all about. Satterwhite, you know, we we can name names. <laughs> it's like we already know what they come with. Uh, the 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 reason we're talking about Denver is Denver needs to show us that they can take down uh, the three time champs. Can they do it? In, you know, on right. the road in Utah. So. Uh, a lot of people, you know, Mark, you know how they go, well, you're not talking about Texas. Texas has already shined. <laughs> right. It's like we already know what Texas is all about. I mean, uh, the word is scary, right, Mark? <laughs> it's like when you talk about Boston, right. the word is scary. You know, nobody really asks, nobody really asks, like, well, you know, what does Texas need to do to win this game? You know, yeah. be Texas, right? <laughs> yeah, be Texas. They do what you Beat normally do. With, with turnovers. <laughs> Maybe maybe Denver hopes that they have severe injuries, <laughs> mass unit. Right, that's right. You know, I just like, you know, you know? <laughs> uh, we don't wish Texas casualties or anything like that. But I'm just saying that's no, <laughs> that would be a, um, that's how the game would have to play out for to have a shot. You know what I mean? It's like that's how it works. Um, on the other side, Mark, uh, it's unfortunate that Sarah uh, Galicia went down. Uh, yeah, because it's kind of a different element for for Utah, right? With the triple option, we talked to Bean before how hard it is to kind of administer. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, they did play pretty well in the second half with Goats. Yep. Um, yep. So it didn't play that bad. Two touchdowns by the backup quarterback. Um, they do have a good run game, Magana and Blackwell, right? They got a good receiving core, um, and then they got a great defense. Um, so. 
uh, I don't think they're going to be that that hurt, right? In other words, uh, so it's going to be the quarterback play that we have to question right now. If you're San Diego, Mark, uh, you've you've picked up steam, and you know this is the big this is one of your biggest rivalries, right? Mm-hmm. And you got to remember the twenty one twenty loss <laughs> a couple weeks ago. So if you're an Martin and company, th- this is this is the one you want. While they're down at quarterback, you, you got to take advantage of that. Right, absolutely. Um, thing is, it's it's like facing the triple option is like hard for for defenses, and it certainly wins a lot of games for the Falcons. But San Diego is one of those teams that have, you know, from time to time, uh, countered it effectively with their defense. So um, I'm kind of thinking that, you know, Utah, you know, might be at at an advantage here in this game by not running that triple option all the time. Uh, You know, quarterback has a different, has another skill set where, you know, she's a passer, right? She likes to throw down the field and, that's, you know, and that's what you said, you know, that's what Utah did um, in the second half of that game um, uh, over uh, in their win over Denver. So, I mean, you know, Blackwell over the middle, might, Mark? might play to an advantage. That's the, that was like the, the killer. Blackwell over the middle. If you just do that, I mean, she had three touchdowns, you mm-hmm. know, literally – you know, if you go over the middle, you got Magana, right? Over the right. middle. Right. As well. I mean, and you you can't even <laughs> – if you want a ground game, uh, you got Magana and, oh, by the way, just switch Tina Tella to the other side in the red zone, and you should be uh, guaranteed a touchdown. Right. right. And, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, somebody else on that team could step in under center to, to run – you know, the triple offense for, you know, a few series or however they want to do it. I, I, I just got this feeling that, you know, uh, Jasper is kind of cooking something up for this game. Oh, yeah. Um, you know what I, you know and, what I mean? And, Mark, um, this is his first playoff. This is his first playoff as a coach. You know he's yeah. not going to want to lose this. 6-0, and oh, oh, no. do not want to be embarrassed. You know he's throwing the kitchen sink in terms of the playbook because he's going to want to win. Mm-hmm. Mhm. Um, yeah, I, I think we might see something pretty special in this game. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. their, their last their last head to head meeting was decided by one point. It was um, <laughs> you know, so I, I expect that this one will will be um, one to remember. And if you're Laura Goats, uh, Mark, how memorable would this be? Your quarterback goes down, and you uh, be able to punch in the ticket one step closer to the nine cup. That, that's memorable, you know, to, to yeah, get your team over the hill. Absolutely. I mean, this is an amazing opportunity. Um, and, uh, you know, if, if she can, if she can do it, you know, you, you, you've got to feel like, um, you know, she's going to be a larger part of the, the offense, you know, going forward. So, so there's that as well. 
So a lot of weapons on this team, equal, kind of similar to Texas in a lot of ways. You got a lot of playmakers on this team. You got Maccasini. You got Kisa Cox. You got Tina Tella, right? You got Blackwell, Magana. And then you also have on the other side, you got Johnston, Stack Johnston, Bland. Uh, so, I mean, uh, the playbook's at his disposal. I don't think Coach, uh, Coach Jasper Horn is coming to lose. That's my point. So if you're San Diego, oh, yeah. um, you got to play your best game because defensively they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna bring it. And right now, you know, like you said, they're a more balanced team, not triple option uh, option anymore. That, but right. he's able to kind of move some pieces at your, at, to your point here. So if, if you're San Diego, fourteen to eight loss in week one hurts you, but that twenty two to twenty one loss really hurts you even more. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you get over the hump on that, you know? Yeah. I mean, like I said, I'm really excited. I, I feel like this one has, like, has it's a coaching matchup just as much as it's yep. going to be a matchup between players and units on the field, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, this one is sort of bringing that whole uh, playoff strategy because, um, I mean, these are two obviously, like, very well-coached teams, and mm-hmm. um, I, I feel like, uh, either either team can win this one, right? No, these teams are not. They do not outmatch each other. They need to outplay no. each other, and they need to outsmart each other. So that's really what makes. And you know, here in the playoffs now, uh, especially with you know uh, that really close you know game that they just had. Um, obviously, with uh, Alicia going down, is that's, that's a big story, but also you know, uh, gets, you know, performing in the moment and being thrust into the position of, of, of quarterback. Um, so, you know, there, there's just like kind of a, a lot of uh, energy around this matchup, I think. It's going to come down to which offense can make the least mistakes because I think both defenses mm-hmm. are equal in my eyes. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be like which, which offenses can make the least mistakes. And, um, you know, uh, Maloxos added to the mix with Gutierrez is a big key, I think, for San Diego if they can get going. Okay, uh, Robertson, this is uh, this is this is a, the game where like you got to get it right, right? She dropped that ball, could have won that game. Yeah, that was that was a heartbreaker. It's, it's got to be in the back <laughs> of her head, right? She's got to mm-hmm. have a big absolutely. game absolutely to make up for that. Oh yeah, that devastating loss. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and you know, I, I think I think you're right. Like, you know, uh, mistakes could play a huge role in the outcome of this game. Um, you know, small ones, big ones. You know, we got turnovers, we got you know penalties, and then things just like drop drop balls and and stuff like that, which is you know, and that now kind of haunting them. Uh, it's it's uh it's really shaped up to be a great matchup. Yeah, this is great, and they know each other. To to your point, Mark, right? This is a this is a rivalry of rivalries. Ever since mm-hmm. the uh, the WNFC started, right? This has been the clash, the you know Utah San Diego, and to get to That's the playoffs, true. it's been Utah San Diego. Yep, yep. These are basically, you know, uh, two of the original uh, teams that. Uh, played in the uh, best of the West before, you know, the WNFC even 
existed. So, I mean, at the time, San Diego was known as the surge and the, uh, it's now the rebellion, but, you know, so yeah, these are, these are two teams that, that have a long history, um, even predating the league. So, um, it, it is the right, it is the rivalry of rivalries. All right, Mark. So excited for the WNFC road to Frisco, the chase for the nine cup Western conference brackets are set. We have Texas Elite Spartans six and zero, Denver Bandits two and four, one versus four, and then we have number two Utah six and zero against number three San Diego four and two. In the East, we have Mississippi five and one. We have number four ranked Houston three and three, and then the number two ranked Atlanta Phoenix five and one against the number three ranked Washington Prodigy. So who moves on to June tenth is. Uh, so the playoffs start June 8th, so be a couple weeks from today, and then we're going to get right there, W score. It's going to cover it all. So uh, the road to Frisco at the 9 Cup, uh, it's already been it's set. So it's, that's the breakdown for it, and we'll be talking about it next week and the week after as well, kind of dive in even closer as we get closer to the matchups. Uh, Mark, uh, let's look at week, the week in the WFA. But before we do that, um, let's just – break down some of the things that are happening internationally. Uh, so we've got Finland, week three, coming up here on 6-4, Turku versus Northern Lights. Uh, the champs keep going, doing their business there. Uh, week one, 25-6 against Helsinki. Week two, 22-14 against Tampiri. So, um, you know, we, we said it last week, probably the team to beat in the Maple League, period, at this point. So uh, looking forward to Turku against Northern Lights uh, in terms of week three. Then in Sweden, Mark, uh, pretty pretty big clashes this past weekend. Uh, Linham did not have a chance no. <laughs> against the champs. Like it was almost like the Boston the Boston outcome, sixty two to zero, <laughs> and uh, did not yeah, work out rough. for uh, Linham. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we were we were hoping maybe you know, but no, zero to sixty two. Um, so, no, so that's good. rough. <laughs> that's rough. Um, but hey, you know, I mean, still, Linham's two and two. That's pretty good, right? Um, yeah, uh, no, no. Those Crusaders yeah, not, not are, bad, not are bad. Sti- right? Not bad. Uh, the uh, Karlstad Crusaders are, you know, remain undefeated. They're now the only undefeated team um, uh, with Gothenburg and Copenhagen having a tie on there. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess technically they too are undefeated. Did we ever find out why that ended in a tie, Oscar? Uh, I think it was called, the game was called for some reason, I think. as far as my notes are concerned. So it was never the game completed. Was called. It was never okay. completed, yeah. It was called, right. yeah. Um, but, Copenhagen, uh, we got to be surprised. Uh, brand new unis, brand new name, Raptors, yeah, three and right? one. Uh, I mean, they, they look like the team that's probably going to go up against Karlstad for a real challenge. Uh, they're putting up 138 points to 31, while the champs are putting up an 80 to zero points allowed in terms of, you know, matchup, yep. matchup. So we won't, we'll it'll see. be, a, you know, a little bit less than a month before that happens. So it's a few more weeks of football before that. So a lot of things, mm-hmm. I suppose, could change. Um, but... Um, so that'll be a good one, though. That happens on June 17th. Yep. 
So we got a, three weeks left in the season. Um, so we're looking forward to that matchup. Next weekend here, Karlstad against North Copen, uh, and then AK, AIK against Copenhagen, Gothenburg against Linham, Valenrenga against Vestera. So we'll keep tabs on that at the hub, facebook.com forward slash Beauties. Uh, the game was canceled because of air quality in the WWCFL week four. So we're looking yeah. forward to week five here. And the one game on the docket for week five, of course, is Manitoba-Regina. That's the key game that we want to keep an eye on. Uh, it's going to be Saskatoon-Winnipeg, but uh, I think it's going to be Regina-Manitoba. That's going to be the key game that we got to watch out for. So um, in Germany, Mark, uh, it was Mainz against uh, the Unicorns. 42-8 to Unicorns win. And then it was the Venom, uh, Linenham, uh, I think Venom. Uh, they fall 28 to six against uh, Hanover Grizzlies in the AFVD. So, so that's the rundown for the European scene, and we'll keep tops of it, like I said, at the hub, facebook.com forward slash Beauties. All right, LaFi also at the hub and on Twitter. So check it out there in terms of the LaFi week six plus the playoffs coming up. It's already on at the at the hub. So check out LaFi as well and Lexfa. All right, Mark. Uh, so WFA on a bye this week, right? For Memorial Week, Memorial Day weekend. Um, yeah, I mean, I know that Boston's on a bye. I I'm wondering if there's one game happening. I think everybody's on a bye um, except for Houston. Okay. Uh, Houston. Let me get my notes. I think Houston, right? This weekend is Houston against Arlington. On for the fans. Yeah, for the fans. Houston against Arlington. Brilliant. Let me get my let me get my schedule up. Yeah, it's Houston against Arlington for the fans. So FTF. So yeah, that's the only game. Everybody else in pro is off for the weekend, I guess. Right. From my notes. So I guess my notes would be okay. Hopefully my notes are good. Yeah, I I think there are a few like um, division three games might actually be scheduled. But uh, I don't think there are any pro games on. No. So, um, yeah, it's going to be that. Um, let's break down WFA here. We've got 15 minutes. Um, not surprised your team won. That's what I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> not surprised. <laughs> was surprised they put up 84 points. That was yeah, that, I mean, that, that was pretty wild. And, you know, that was like, yep. I don't know, a conspiracy of circumstances. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just like with the rain uh, happening, you know, usually that might hamper your scoring, but what what it really did was it slow, somehow slowed the game down. So it, and actually on the broadcast, if you listen to it, like um, one of the announcers like joked about the second quarter at lasting two hours. Um, yep. And it wasn't two hours, but it was over an hour. It was like an hour and 20 minutes. So it, it just, I don't know, created a lot of time, which was really weird. And, um, you know, in the second half, a lot of the you know, Boston starters came out. And, you know, so you had like second and, you know, the, the, you know, the second string players getting their, uh, getting their reps. And uh, they just played well, like, and scored like, you know, basically three or four touchdowns, you know, without Cahill being in there on offense. So if you score like four touchdowns without Cahill in on offense um, and, you know, not Shante Bonds and, you know, 
you know, with all your starters on the bench, well, you're probably, you might end up with a score like 84 points. You know what I'm saying? I don't know, Mark. That's all I'm going to say right now. That if you're on the other side, <laughs> it wasn't pretty is the word. <laughs> hey, by the way, uh, let's bring in the second unit because we're bored. Can we get you guys to practice on the scrimmage now? Just get you guys going. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, anyways, 84-25, the champs keep dominating is the word. Keep dominating uh, every matchup. So, uh, you know, shout out to Boston for doing their thing, and, and that's why we call them the Monsters. The monsters right. well, in the WFA. I mean, well, so I mean, for for you know, in in my point of view, I I thought the Divas played a lot better than they did in that first matchup with Boston, and um, you know, they they put up 25 points, uh, which is the most that that Boston's led up this year, and they had like two like really, um, you know, amazing runbacks on special teams, like one was like an 85-yard return, and the other was like 90 or 95-yard return for touchdowns. Was touchdown. that the second half with the second unit? Um, no, yeah. I, uh, this is... Was it the um, first unit? I'm trying to find find her name here. Kushera Johnson on the Divas ran back two yeah. kickoffs for touchdowns. And so that yep. was, you know, Surprising. one of the sort of glaring things in, in you know, Boston's performance that... Um, uh, DC somehow managed to, you know, take advantage of, um, you know, just to show everybody that Boston is human, right? They, they will, yeah. you know, capable of a getting temporary, scored temporary on. lapse in memory. <laughs> right. But they were, they were pretty good runs, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of them probably should have been called back. There was like a very clear, like block on the back. It should have been flagged. Yeah. That wasn't, but still uh, it was, it was still a pretty interesting game, at least, you know, when there's a lot of scoring and both teams score. So, um, so it was fun, but I mean, to your point, to your point, Oscar, you know, a, there were a lot of, there were a lot of players on Boston that, you know, scored their first career touchdowns in that game yeah. and it made it kind of special, certainly for, um, certainly for Boston to, you know, see players who have put in a lot of work, might not be starters or, you know, are, are just starting for the first time this year, as in the case of uh, Carolyn Glynn, defensive back, who got a pick six. You know, Glynn had, you know, has been on the team for this her seventh season. Um, so spent a lot of time, you know, coming off the bench. Um, and, you know, certainly an important part of our defense for, you know, the time that she's been here, but this, this is her first season starting and she got a pick six. Uh, it was really, especially after having kind of a tough half. Um, yeah. And so it was just, you know, exciting in different ways, I guess, uh, particularly if you're a Boston fan. No, and it, it was a good game. Like you said, it was a good matchup and it's a good tune up for all the, the second squad as you get into the playoff mix, you know, cause next man up if something happens with injuries and things like that. So you're able to step in and, and keep it going. Um, Mark, uh, if you're mile high, ah, that was a crushing loss against the Benitas. But if you're the Benitas, man, what a huge win. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just want to talk about mile high for a second. Um, what happened, right? I think people are like, you know, two weeks ago, you're like, wow, they're really great, man. They, you know, 
they definitely belong in pro. And then what happened? Like, you've got, you know, two losses in a row, and one of them to another WFA pro team. Um, but, you know, let me say, Maha was expected to win that game against uh, the Dallas uh, Mustangs. And now they've dropped one to, you know, kind of an upstart team. I wouldn't say that they're an inexperienced team, but they nope. are an upstart team and newly formed this year in New Mexico Benitas. So, you know, I think a lot of people are just left to ask, like, what happened a mile high? Do you know what I mean? Well, Mark, I will tell you this. Uh, speaking to Coach Patterson, uh, they're on a four-game winning streak. So they came in high and ready to rock because they were like, oh, we're taking on a pro team. Let's just shine, right? Four-game winning streak for the Bonitas coming into this matchup. So there you go. That's and great. so uh, mile high, if, you're, if, if Massey is not friendly enough, uh, they could miss the playoffs at this point. I don't even know where they're at in terms of Massey. I haven't checked, but that could be a huge, huge issue. And then you get Rocky Mountain Thundercats this week, and we talked about it like a couple podcasts ago. Remember when I mentioned, hey, watch out, you know, Rocky Mountain, New mm-hmm. Mexico, and Terry said, no, I think uh, Maha will take care of business, and here we are. Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, I do remember that conversation. And, you know, I, you know, honestly, I really didn't think that uh, the Benitas had a, you know, a chance. So I, I also felt pretty confident, like uh, Coach Terry said, that, you know, Malhai would, would kind of take care of business. But um, it, it hasn't happened. So, you, yeah, you got to ask, you know, now is, is the Rocky Mountain Thundercats going to be a threat to the blaze. I, I kind of, my gut is kind of telling me that the blaze is going to bounce back in this game, mm-hmm. but it, you know, to your point, Oscar, it might not help them in the, with the playoff picture. Um, now that they've, you know, taken these two losses, it, it might be too little too late. I mean, and I'm just saying Massey works in strange ways. So that's the, the, the big part about it, you know, um, Martin, mm-hmm. if you're uh, if you're OKC, man, you're on a roll and you're beating pro teams. Uh, right. This is the number one team I think in D two right now. Just number one. I, I, I have no doubts. Oh yeah, I, I'm pretty sure they just proved it, and um, it's it's a big win for them. If I pull up the Masses, I'm pretty sure that they're on top for Division two, and I think overall yeah. they're. They're probably like seven. Let me see here. They gotta be top um, ten. Yep, they're seven. They're they're number seven, yep. just below Alabama and just above Houston. So, um, so they're definitely performing, according to the Masseys at any rate, performing at mm-hmm. a uh, pro level here. So that definitely bodes well for for this team and this franchise. Um, for not only this season and, you know, playoff chances, but just for their future uh, going forward beyond the season. Uh, Mark, Alabama did show up, uh, takes down Tampa Bay, and it was a very close game, 22-16. We expected a close game. Uh, But if you're in the Inferno, this is kind of another disappointing loss. Uh, You know, very competitive. And so it's, I don't know what to tell you anymore. Right. That's two tough losses in a row. Uh, but, you know, they're against, uh, you know, good competition. But Tampa Bay, you know, they they want to be in this 
playoff race, right? And mm-hmm. so now, so now that playoff picture is looking very crowded. With you know, you, you you've got Boston and, and Pittsburgh, um, and now you've got DC and Alabama, right? They're above you now in the pecking order, and you're on the outside looking in. So that was definitely these two past uh, two weeks have not been kind to Tampa Bay at all. And they're not a bad offense, and they're not a bad defense. It's just that's right. They're, they're just like, they're very very. They're not able to put team. up a, a one more score or two more scores than they they could be. I mean, it was what twenty one fourteen against Divas, and you get twenty twenty two sixteen against uh, Alabama, right? And even that's even right. the Pittsburgh game, there it was pretty close till the half twenty one to six. They lose that. So the last three games, yep. they have just been beating themselves, if you want to consider it that way. You know, they they're better than that offensively. Yeah, I, you know, it's kind of frustrating to watch. You know, I, I watch the, as much of um, the Tampa Bay-DC game as, you know, time allowed me. But it was a good chunk of that game. And, you know, Tampa Bay definitely had their opportunities in the second half and in, especially in the fourth quarter, you know. I mean, they got given some gifts, actually, like in terms of turnover. They were able to mm-hmm. recover a, like a muffed kickoff you know, um, you know, pretty close, you know, to the, to the red zone and, but they didn't punch it in or they turned it back over. I I can't forget, but they had their opportunities. Um, I I have yet to see the, I'll I'll be able to uh, watch that Alabama Tampa Bay game. I wasn't able to do it before tonight's podcast, but I'm certainly very interested in, in seeing what happened in that game. You know, um, Tampa Bay. I mean, they 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 do have a. You don't have Kim Shaw under center anymore. Um, I believe she's retired. I don't know if she's. You know, I don't know why the change, but I would assume she's retired, simply because uh, seems like she's of retiring age. Uh, she's been in the, mm-hmm. the league for longer than than most. Um, so they've got Candace Pistoli under center. Uh, she's an experienced football player, just not at this position. Uh, I feel like that's probably, you know, anyways, this is a good choice uh, for that position. She looks capable, but I think maybe there is some, you know, going that needs to happen. I'm not saying it's all on her, but, you know, the team is just different from what they were last year. And um, when you, you know, when you have such a big change at the quarterback position, you know, sometimes it, it's it's like you took a step backwards, um, maybe only one or two. And that's kind of what it looks like in these last couple of games. Yep. Like, I mean, they're I not losing like, badly. Know, right, the games are very right. competitive. It's not like they're yeah, getting they're blown just, out is my point. You know, right. they're just losing. They're edging one touchdown. They're one play here and there, and they could turn it around. Um, Mark, uh, the best team in pro – St. Louis Slam besides Boston on the west side. I think that's been confirmed since the twenty to zero shutout against Minnesota. Well, that was definitely a big uh, a big victory, and um, you know the question of uh, the Cali War is still out there. I you know I think some people would would um, say that the Cali War is the second best team in the in the league. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, for my money, and you know, we're talking about strength of schedule, and I just think I'm, I'm more impressed with um, the way the Slam has has won their games. Um, 
you know, they've, their defense is number one. Uh, they've let up, you know, allowed no points to be scored against them so far. Um, so that's I'm just saying know, that that was an impressive victory thing. against a rival. Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely. There, you know, so on the West, I mean, we're we're looking at Boston, uh, Boston, St. Louis clash as it stands right now. I mean, as it stands right now, we're that's where the trajectory leads us to. Uh, so we got a couple yeah, of minutes here, Mark. Really looking that way. Boston will come off the bye, and then we, you know, they, they I think finish up in Pittsburgh, if I'm correct. And then you're looking at, you know, next this weekend, I believe it's Houston Arlington, FTF. So we'll keep tabs on that at the hub. But uh, Mark, what what an uh, what a, a breakdown we got. You know, two minutes to get out of here, but this this whole. This whole weekend has been great. You know, we have to set up in the WNFC now for the playoffs, and then the WFA after this bye week is going to get interesting for the next two weeks. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good time to be alive, Oscar. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, we got the Slurpee ready in two weeks. Uh, we got the popcorn coming <laughs> in another week. And so, uh, you know, uh, Taylor did say that they, wa- they want to arrive in Canton. So uh, they have the road to Canton probably locked in right now one more win and they get they get locked in and uh we know when the slam wants to come to championship play god what what not to do right st louis slam boston renegades class wow that that, that's going to be i mean i'm already looking at it going in the future (laughs) i'm already anticipating the future but that's a good good class (laughs) i I can be a good matchup (laughs) you're very excited yeah I'm very excited about it. I mean, that's 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 the future, future type of win there. So, uh, Mark, thanks for coming in. Appreciate it. Breaking down WNFC, breaking down the uh, WFA uh, international recap as well. So, don't forget, you guys, uh, subscribe to our podcast. Give us a five star review, especially on Sprecher and Apple Podcasts. And thanks to Lawanda uh, Renee Pearson for coming in of the Pittsburgh Passion, giving us the lowdown of the next matchup against the DC Divas. So, Mark, I'll catch you here next week. Have a safe travels. Enjoy your week. Uh, we'll catch you here on Oscar. 449. Have a great All weekend, right. everybody. Bye. Bye.